Cape Talk, New Beginnings. Now, my guest today is Sam Scarborough, who we've chatted to once or twice before, in fact, in her professional capacity as a stylist and a children's decor consultant. She's the author of the books Children's Room and Cool Spaces for Kids. I think we've given them away uh, as well on the show before. But today, Sam is back with a much more personal topic to share with us. And I've spent the weekend reading her memoir of a very harrowing time living in the UK with a verbally and emotionally abusive partner. The book is called Trapped. It is published by Human and Rousseau. And Sam, it's a great pleasure to welcome you into the studio to chat to us about it. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you, Papa. Now, you come across, Sam, as the woman who has it all. You're strong, you're good-looking, you're financially <laughs> secure, you're independent, you've had your own business for donkey's years, you are an expert in your field. I guess the question many people would have is, how, how does somebody who ticks all of those boxes end up living with a man who treats her like dirt? Well, I guess, like anybody else would, when you sold a dream, when you believe in a dream, when you committed to a relationship to making something work, I took a chance um, and it didn't really work out how I thought it was going to be. You took a very big chance because you left your whole life in Cape Town and you, along with your young daughter, moved to the UK to move in with a man that you hadn't known for very long, but that you obviously believed would be the hero of that dream, the Prince Charming, not the psycho charming he ended up being. I took a chance because it's something I wanted to do. I wanted to live in London again. I was looking for things to do in Cape Town and I wasn't that inspired. I met somebody, he sold me a dream and I thought, hey, why not? I've done things like this before. I'm not afraid of anything. I'll give it a go. So you are a person who's prepared to take risks and, 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 and take the chance that they bring with them huge reward. But in this case, the reward did not follow. You, you arrived in London and very, very soon after your arrival, the man, I guess, shed the sheep's clothing and the wolf emerged. Can I put it that way? What happened? Well, I think what happens is the behavior deteriorates after, over time. And in the beginning, it was unbelievable. I was shocked. I wasn't sure what was going on. And that's why I started writing in my diary, because I had to document what was going on. And I thought I was going mad. I thought I was behaving like an insecure woman. I wasn't used to being put in that situation. And I wasn't used to behaving in that sort of way. So everything was new to me. Everything was different. I was being told it was all my fault. I was being, you know, sworn at, shouted at. A lot of it was um, after binge drinking. Um, I was waiting at home for somebody and I never knew if he was going to come home sober or drunk. And the problem was that the good days were incredible. Good days were what he sold me. He sold me this dream and I kept on believing that that is how it would be. And then... You know, in between that, the bad days were just really awful. But it would swing in roundabouts the whole time. And actually, when I wrote my book initially, I couldn't believe that I was stuck in the cycle. It was almost boring to me because, you know, how how did I not see it? And how did I keep on not going back for more, but but stay? How did I stay in it for so long? I'm so glad that you also felt that because reading the book, I mean, even in the first week uh, as a reader, my response is, what are you doing staying? Why have you not already walked out the door and left this man? Because if this is how he's behaving on day four, surely it doesn't get better from here. But as you also paint the picture, the, 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 charming, the charming man was still there and you still loved that person. Well, the hook was there. And this is something I haven't ever been able to understand with friends in bad relationships. They don't have to be abusive relationships. Often I've had friends who've told me about the bad relationships and you can see it's bad for them. It's bad for their partner. 
And time and time again, they would say, I'm going to leave. I'm going to put an end to this. On the weekend, we'd go for runs. We'd discuss it. We'd make plans together. Come Monday morning, they'd go straight back to their partner. And I could never understand this. And often I gave up on my friends. I was so frustrated because I'm a strong woman. And I couldn't understand why they would ever stay. I mean, obviously, if it's not working out, if it's a bad relationship, just leave. You know, get over it Mm. and leave. And I could never understand why somebody stayed. But... I stayed. I was hooked. I was still in love with him. I was in love with the story he told, the dream he sold me. Mm. And because the glimpse of that, every three days, every four days, usually during the week, come Thursday, Friday, it was just, you know, a lot of boozing, a lot of bad behavior. But from Monday to Wednesday, that dream was still there. He was loving. He was charming. He was compassionate. He was wonderful. So Mm. that's the cycle that I got caught up in. And it was very hard to leave. Also, I'd taken that huge chance. I'd landed in London. I was with my daughter. I had friends who offered me places to stay. But what, it was, what was I going to do? Give up? You know, coming mm. back to South Africa, it was like I'd failed. You know, I'd taken such a huge leap of faith. And it all just smashed me in the face. And mm. it was embarrassing. It was horrible to admit that I, it had failed. And I was kind of crawling back to South Africa. I still wanted to make London work for me. Mm. You've talked about being there listening to friends talking about their relationship problems. Did you have friends who were being that sounding board for you, who were saying to you, get out while you still can? Yes, I did. I have a lot of friends in London and very mature, honest friends. So the advice I was being given was a lot of knowledge from professional people, life coaches, you know, good friends, people who had the background, the psychological background. Mm. However, you know, to tell somebody everyday occurrences is kind of it's boring and you don't really want to have that be your entire coffee meeting with your friend Mm. so and I couldn't pinpoint it at that stage and also you know I kind of I had a daughter I couldn't just leave I couldn't stay on somebody's couch I had to make a wise decision and sometimes it was really bad other days it was really good so it was it was hard to gauge Mm. exactly what was happening but after two weeks I knew I would leave him I wanted, because of my ego, I wanted to leave him on my terms. And I also wanted to desperately to try and stay in London. So that was my aim. So after two weeks, you knew you would leave him, but it took how many months before you actually did? It was six months. Um, we, w- we did come back to South Africa f- in between for Christmas holidays. So I knew I would have that break. And I knew on solid ground on my own, you know, in my own um area my own country with my own friends and family around me I would be able to see the wood for the trees and and maybe just get a bit of perspective on exactly what was happening and the reason for writing the book it was actually my diary I wrote down everything that happened everything was said because I you can forget the stuff and you know he denied a lot of it and it was always my fault and I was being blamed for things that I certainly had not done and eventually I, I became quite wise and I started texting and emailing so that I had proof of what was being said and that I bounced off a cousin um, a fantastic woman who just shed so much light on his his replies and Mm. and the emails he was sending back and she managed to sift through it and and show me exactly what was happening it was a great sounding board Um, but at the time you know when when you're in that situation that somebody's picking at you like with an axe and you're just getting weaker and weaker and you know, more upset and, you know, in tears the whole time. And you just, you are pretty down in the dumps. And it's very Mm. hard to make wise decisions in that situation. 
If you have just joined us, we're chatting to Sam Scarborough, who's the author of the new memoir, Trapped, describing uh, a time in her life living in a verbally and emotionally abusive relationship. And, you know, it, it was incredibly fun. Not funny. It's not the word at all. But but incredible for me reading this over the weekend, Sam. I've only ever met you in your professional capacity where you come across as the most composed, competent, totally in control person who is strong and knows her stuff and, and, and doesn't have an ounce of doubt. And it was so frustrating reading your diary entries, seeing the doubt that had been planted in you, your your second guessing of yourself all the time, the constant questioning, is it perhaps me? Is it something I did? And this almost sort of this need to write it all down to convince yourself that it wasn't just about you. Yes, frustrating. And you need to understand it was only verbal and emotional abuse and I need to be careful when I say only because I'm not saying that's anything worse than physical or sexual abuse. I cannot comment on those uh, types of abuse because I haven't been through them but you need to also understand that there are so many women out there who have it much worse than me. I only had it for six months. I was still financially viable, um, secure, although a lot of the financial burden had been lifted off me because I was staying with them. But, you know, financial um, financial security is one thing why women can't get out of this situation. And another thing is just not being strong enough. And from going from an incredibly strong, confident woman, I, I just at times couldn't make that decision to leave him because I was just exhausted. I was emotionally exhausted. And in the book, there's a um, psychologist report at the end of the book. And um, it caused me temporarily insane. And that is a very good observation because if I read about the things I did, and look, my behavior in the book is not honorable, not always. I do the most horrendous things. I really am temporarily insane. But I was so angry that I found the pleasure and I found you know humor in the things I was doing. Um, I'm not sure everybody will find giving away Twickenham final rugby tickets to the hobo who I'd made friends with on the street corner. I mean, that is not funny to a lot of people. And I do horrendous things in the book. But when writing the book, I didn't want to edit any of that out. I didn't want to edit the boring bits out. I didn't want to end, edit the, um, the, the fragile bits out because... Mm. Who wants to tell people how fragile you are and tell people what a victim you became? It's it's not a nice story. But to make the, the story true, I had to leave it in so that everybody else could see how such a strong woman, Amelia, I know I'm strong, could become just, you know, so emotionally abused mm. and... You know, I couldn't leave and I could only leave when the time was right, when the hook had been broken and, you know, eventually I had to get on a plane and leave. That's how I did it. And we're going to talk about what finally caused that hook to be broken after the break. If you've got a question for Sam, if you'd like to ask her something or comment on what you've heard, you're most welcome to join the conversation on 021-446-0567. You're also welcome to tweet us. Pippa Hudson on Cape Talk. Call Pepper on 021-446-0567. Well, talking about transparency, I'm chatting in studio to Sam Scarborough, the author of Trapped, which is a memoir of her experience surviving an emotionally and verbally abusive relationship and coming out the other end. It's published by Human and Rousseau. And um, we were chatting before the break about the fact that uh, when I said, you know, the question everybody wants to know is why do you not just get up and walk out the door and leave? And you were saying that that hook was still there, uh, that kept you there. Biggers tweeted asking um, how this all affected your daughter. 
Well, my daughter was in bed by the time he came home um, most nights, so I managed to control the environment for her. She didn't see what was going on. Um, I'm a strict mother. She sleeps like a log, so from 7.30 in the evening she was in bed. Um, We were walking to school the one day, and she said to me, Mommy, I don't think he's the right man for you. And I said, why, my sweetheart? And she said, because you don't laugh and smile anymore. And those comments, there were a few, and she was incredibly perceptive. But the good times were great. The weekends, we entertained her. There's so much to do in London, all the parks you can go see, the Natural History Museum. You know, there were a lot of arrangements made, and it was great for her to be with other kids and to be entertained in London and see so much. So it was masked. A lot of what was going on was masked, although obviously children pick up everything, and there was an underlying hint of um, me being unhappy and she saw me cry a lot and at the time she didn't mention too much about it but afterwards you know she did have a bit to say and finally actually the day he swore my daughter was the day I left and made arrangements to leave we went and stayed with a friend for two weeks until we got um, on the plane to come home so that was what it took to 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 get that hook out I was no I was wrapping it up Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to leave. I was also waiting for her school term to finish. You know, I didn't want to disrupt her too much. I was thinking it was fine. We could carry on. We were in th- at that stage in discussions. I thought, you know, maybe I could just string it out for a little bit longer. But eventually, yeah, I left that day. Mm. There's an SMS in from Anonymous just saying, I can so relate to what your guest is talking about. I was in a narcissistic marriage for 20 years, divorced him 10 years ago, and only discovered recently after his death last year that the abuse I suffered was due to his narcissistic personality type. I'm now in therapy in an attempt to overcome the narcissistic abuse I suffered those many years ago. I'm so glad you are and thank you for being brave enough to share that with us. Um, uh, has this book been a form of therapy for you? Because you were talking about how, how you decided to leave everything in and reading it, I felt for you, my gosh, you've left yourself so exposed. It is so out there. Everything is there to be read, including the bits that, as you say, don't reflect that well on you. What was it like to make that decision to, to, to A, publish the book and B, publish it like that with everything left unchanged? Well, somebody after the book launch said to me, gosh, Sam, it's like you lifted up your skirt for everybody to see underneath. And I said, yeah, I hope they saw my big brave, um, big girl's brave panties underneath instead of, you know, (laughs) me naked. But it's exactly what I've done in the book. And I think that's why the book will be compelling and true and real for a lot of women. And somebody said to me the other day, gosh, you really have lifted the lid. Mm. You know, as soon as people start speaking about this, Um, the sooner we can actually encourage other women to free themselves of these relationships. I said in the beginning of the show that I only had six months of it. I was still strong. I could still leave. But somebody who's been in a marriage with children, you know, women really work on the commitment. Um, They try to make the marriage work. With all of that, maybe they're not working. Maybe they aren't financially um, independent. I mean, it must be really, really hard to leave. But the first step is to acknowledge it's happening by writing it down. That helped me because I could go back and go and see exactly when it had started, how it had happened, who had said what. You know, often you just forget, even reading the book now, I forget about so many of those instances. Mm. My friends reading the book, my one friend threw it against the wall. She couldn't believe it was me in the book. So I'm not myself in the book. And that's what's important is um, I really changed. I was really, you know, beaten down. 
Tanya is SMS saying, I haven't read your book, but I'm curious to know if you had even the slightest part in changing his behavior towards you. You do make a comment in the book about never believing in being able to change somebody. It was something that you thought going in, uh, in the midst of this still, I mean, you held on to that hope that that the charming part of Mr. Psycho Charming would reemerge. Did you ever think you could change him? No, I, I didn't think that, but I do... I think she's asking if I antagonized him at all or, or maybe brought out this behavior. I think by being a strong woman, he tried to control me. And because I was, he couldn't control me very easily, I think that's where his anger came from. Mm. And my anger came from anybody trying to tell me what to do and behave in anybody behaving towards me, you know, in this fashion. Um, I knew it was wrong and I've always stood up for myself. So I guess I was pushing back, which made things worse. Yes, yeah. Um Somebody told me these narcissistic or psychopathic or, you know, what's the other word? Sociopaths love strong women because it's such a challenge for them. I, I think he, he messed with the wrong chick with me. Hmm. Um, and I think that's also, um, you know, skewed things slightly, but I'm not prepared to take responsibility for that. Um, I wasn't the one drunk and I wasn't the one saying really awful things to him. Mm. Although I was also drinking a lot in those six months. So that is also why I wrote things down because I thought maybe I did have, you know, a part to play. And I do acknowledge the part I play in the book. Mm. I'm very honest yeah. about my bad behavior. So. Yeah, this is my side of the story. We don't know what his is. Well, Janice has just asked me on the email if you've sent him a copy of the book. You know, when I first started writing the book, I was so damn angry. And in the book, I'm so angry. I mean, anger apparently is one of the easiest emotions. Gosh, I was angry. I ran, I cried, and I was angry. That was (laughs) London for six months. And, um, you know, initially I was going to send it to him, to his ex-wife, to all his friends. Now there's no point because the book actually isn't about him. It's about me. It's about what I went through. And the only reason I've written the book is to help other women. So if I can help one woman out there to leave the situation they're in, then that's the reason I wrote the book. It's mm. it's not even yeah, it's not even about me or about him. Because it's about caller, women. Another caller's phoned in asking, Do you not worry that he will read the book, find out about it, come back to South Africa, come after you in some way? I'm actually not afraid of anything. I never have been. And um, yeah, he can try. I really, it's my side of the story. I've spoken to my publishers about it. If he wants to sue, unfortunately, he sues them, not me. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He'll probably say, oh my gosh, that poor woman. It, she must have been in a terrible relationship. He'll never understand it's him unless he really reads the book. Or he'll still go, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Sounds so similar. And won't be able to see himself. I, no, yeah. I don't think so. Interesting comments. Um, the book is called Trapped. It's, it's published by Human and Rousseau. Is it available in all the big bookstores already? Yes, they're huge big um, things in Cavendish and the waterfront. I've seen quite a few copies. So I'm doing a book signing on Wednesday at 11 o'clock at Cavendish. If mm-hmm. anybody wants to come along and chat to me. And yeah. All I can say is best of luck to you, Sam. Thanks for sharing the story with us. And uh, anybody listening, if you'd like to get hold of a copy, it is called Trapped. Sam Scarborough is the author. Our very best wishes go with you, Sam. Thank you, Pippa.